up, Essential People? Welcome to another episode of the Essential 11 brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Um, you're going to love today's guest, man, Letitia Action Jackson. Uh, listen to his bio, man. So dynamic and energetic are the first two words on her bio. There is no doubt. Um, this is the kind of person that, you know, it's it. she and I get together and get some coffee. I mean, that's going to it's going to blow some things up. But she is uh, she's an amazing human being. Uh, 2019 exceptional woman of color honoree, fitness Olympian, survivor of domestic violence. Uh, globally recognized woman's health and personal development expert, 13 times author, uh, U.S. Air Force vet, dynamic speaker, creator of Empower Her Forward, uh, which is a personal development program, uh, CEO of Empowered Coaching Academy. I mean, the list goes on and on and uh, rightfully so, man. She's been featured in, in places like Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers, uh, Today's Black Woman, Bella, uh, NBC News, uh, you know, Fox 40, ABC 10. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on and you're gonna understand why, man. I had so much fun. This is, this was an hour that absolutely flew by for me and I'm sure it will for you too. So please enjoy, uh, with Miss Letitia Action Jackson. We're gonna go three, two, one. There we yeah. go. And cool. We are officially live. Young lady, do we are already having we are already having a, a fantastic conversation going on here, man, because you are just somebody that's got energy. I was telling you, you've got uh, energy that I could feel through the emails. Yeah. Right? Like through the emails. And and you see why Letitia Jackson is called Action Jackson, because you can just feel it, man. And so we're talking about this connectivity and uh, what it looks like. And you're obviously a natural connector. So I'm excited to to have you on and just to dive in about you today, girl. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And man. um, you are absolutely right. I was talking to my husband the other night. Yeah. I can't remember when I was probably seven or eight. I would get in trouble all the time in school and they would call my mom and dad and they'd be like your daughter is so smart but we can't get her to we stop talking. Her to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep that's awesome man i love that because that's and a, imagine that uh, the, huh? yeah imagine that and that's but that's it so and i obviously being in education for a long time we've seen that but you and i've seen it just growing up too a lot of times those people that were getting in trouble all the time because they were talking because they couldn't they couldn't be quiet they couldn't they had all these friends and they just could not stop and could not wait for recess or could not wait for the break whatever it is they turn out to be some of the most wonderful people because they they can't help it you love yeah. human beings Oh, I do. And that's what I love about my career. That's what I've loved about even you and I have not seen each other. Yeah. But as soon as I saw your face, I'm like, hey, Matt, good morning. Yeah, like I get to meet a new human. <laughs> yes. And it's fun, man. And it's exciting. And you yeah. get this like you automatically start to feel it. And that's a DNA thing, man. There are, you know, yeah. I think everybody craves that human connection. I think everybody does. But I think some people. Right. It's like that is the that is the air they breathe, man. Yeah, you know it's. I definitely think it's a God-given mm -hmm. talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, to be able to connect, and I'm not talking about connecting on a superficial level, right? But create a space where you meet someone, and something within that person says that I can trust this person. To me, yep. I don't think academia. I don't think 
you can learn to be a better speaker. You can learn to communicate more effectively. But that innate gift of connecting Man. on a on a deep level, I think it's a gift that God has given us. I agree. To use for a purpose. I agree. I mean, I agree. And I, I don't think anybody, you know, if you really pay attention, you can't. There are just certain people that you know, I mean, they can connect with a doorknob. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah, that's it. And because, and you said the key word right there, it's trust. Right? Because they yeah. have that ability. And you know that you can trust that you can trust the authenticity that is coming out of that human being yeah. that you're like, oh my God, you know what? There is somebody here that I just, I don't even know what it is, but I just connected mm. with something and I need to tell you things and I need to share with you. And, yeah. and it's like this intimacy that you develop with most people over time. It just shortens that timeline, right? With those yeah. individuals, yeah. man. I always tell, um, I always say, <laughs> and that's a blessing and a curse, right? So, uh, you know, I've told these these stories before, but I've been on the road, you know, I was telling you 50, 60 keynotes a year for many years. And so I was all over, you know, wherever. And I can tell you, I have had three different occasions within the first 20, 30 minutes of a drive. So this is a driver. Um, sometimes it's Uber. Uh, it's actually been, it's a, once it was an Uber, once it was a cab, and once it was just like a black car that, that the client had sent. And within 20 minutes, I got to hear how many people the driver had killed. Um, oh. All three were different scenarios. <laughs> all three made me want to get out of the car. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> But it was like, oh, man, I connected this guy. This is safe. Let me tell you about the time I had to murder somebody. So it's like, and again, blessing or a curse, but that has happened right. three different times. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but again. And I, I think what you have to learn <laughs> when you are innately gifted to connect with people, what I've learned over the years is to be very cognizant of where I choose to give out my energy, where mm -hmm. I choose to engage, because to be honest, it came to a point where even if I were at the gym or getting ready for a show, you know, people sometimes don't understand personal boundaries. Sure. And sometimes they they know that you're very warm, you're very open, but I also had to create space for myself, my own thoughts. And yes, when you're traveling from out of town and you're getting ready to go mm -hmm. speak, mm -hmm. I know for me, that drive from the hotel to the, the venue, that's my time for me. It's time for me to think about how do I want to feel? How do yep. I want to connect? And I've learned that when I get in the in the vehicle, I say good morning, I address the individual, yep. but I literally, my body language, I turn myself towards the window because that closed body language is saying, hey, I've acknowledged you, but right now I don't want to engage. Totally, it's that intentionality. You got to preserve yeah. yourself because you, you're, you're exactly right. People, when, when people feel that energy, and they feed off of that energy. It's a really good thing because it allows us to connect with human beings, but they want more of that energy. Yeah. And so you start to realize yeah. more and more people want more and more of your your time. And so then you just have to be intentional about it. It's not that you don't want to give the time. It's that right. you just, you, you can only give so much in a given day before you run out and you need to recharge. And so That's you just right. got to be very intentional about what that looks like. I feel that. But I'll be Man, honest with that. you, I've learned that if I don't want to give my time, mm -hmm. that's okay as well. And so I, Man, I've had to grow to as an individual and realize my self-worth and who I am is not found in my titles. Mm. It's not found in other people's expectations. I get to choose. And that that's has it. brought me so much power. It's like, if I don't want to engage with someone, it's no longer my responsibility to think, well, what do they think about me? This is my space. Yes, ma'am. 
That's it. And so the power's in choice. I get to choose. That's and if it. I choose not to, I'm still the same person before I chose not to. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautifully said, man. Could yeah. not. So so I want to dive into you a little bit. So let's yeah. go let's go back a little bit. You 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 know kind of give us the uh the the origin story so to speak of Action Jackson over here. And by the way, oh did my you gosh. and did you get Action Jackson from the movie? Or I mean, was that something that just kind of went? Because, I mean, that was a movie, Carl Weathers, man, back in the 80s. And I love that film. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. So. so this is what's so beautiful. The story behind Action Jackson. And these are all facts, no fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the age of 19, I went into the United States Air Force. Okay. And if you know anything about the military, when you get to basic military training, you are scared. You are like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? When I first arrived at Lackland Air Force Base, mm -hmm. I was in charge of trash. This is no joke. And so they're like, look, trainee Jackson, you are going to walk the perimeter every day of this base and your job is to pick up trash. And I was like, cool, I have a lot of energy. I'll get out, I can talk to people. A week later, I get back, and one of the training instructors was like, Jackson, get in here. And I'm like, here we go. Yep. Sir, yes, sir. He's like, you are no longer the trash monitor. You are now an element leader. You are responsible for these 250 people in this bay. And if any of them wash out, and wash out is kind of a term of flunking. Yeah. If any of them wash out, we're sending you back home to your mother. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing what? He's like, you are now the element leader for this bay. And I was like, but what does that mean? And so to give you insight of it, I had to march troops wherever we had to go. I had to make sure everyone was in formation. I had to make sure everyone showed up to class on time. I had to take everyone to chow, from chow. Basically, I was leading 250 19 and 20 year olds, yeah. right? Yeah. And so every morning I would march the troops where we had to go. And one morning I was bringing our troops back and my training instructor says, gosh, darn it, there goes Action Jackson. Because I was sharp, I was confident. Yeah. I, I led all these people at 19 and I was so sure of myself and the gift that God had given me. And I still had as much energy as I did now. So you could feel and you could hear when I was bringing our troops back. I love that. That's how, that's where Action Jackson came from. And I then I that. started competing and it just, it followed me and it's become my brand name, Letitia Action Jack. I love it, man. That's so cool. And I want to talk about the, I want to get into the, to the competition and all that kind of stuff afterwards and the post-military yeah. too. But how, so how at 19 do you have this? What is that? Is that, do you, is it a, is it a parent thing that they're bringing up and you have this self-confidence? I know we're talking about, you know, part of this is just kind of this God-given DNA, but what did right. that look like growing up? Are they, are they pouring into you and building in? What is that? kind of look like since That's you walked very in like that. Interesting question because I am a byproduct of divorce. And so um around 13 when my parents divorced, mm -hmm. there was something innately that went off inside of me where I thought I was not enough. I thought if my father loved me, he would have stayed. You know, when you're yep. 13, you don't have the cognitive ability to differentiate your right. parents' issues from your issues. Right. Um, so I took on that burden. And so I was really confused. I had a father who was absent, but then I had a mother who poured into me every single day. You're smart, you're capable, you can do anything God has called you to do. So there were two sides to mm -hmm. me. There was this 
young girl who needed a father, but then there was this young girl who had an amazing mother where I was nourished every day. So I think part of it was I had a belief in God mm -hmm. and I had a belief in myself. And then the other part of it was I had a mother who's like, you're totally amazing. Go take Go over the world, it. you know? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love hearing that. Where'd you grow up, by the way? Pensacola, Florida. I'm a beach girl. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not a bad yeah. place to be, man. Not a bad place to be. Very cool. So you get in there, military. How long were you in there? I was in there. I did one tour. I was in okay. there for almost four years. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I experienced, I'll be honest with you, I experienced a lot of trauma while I was in the military. Um, I saw some things that went on that a, a 19, 20 year old should not see. Mm. But I believe that our paths that we go on, God utilizes everything to make us become who he designed us to be. And so while I was in there, I learned a lot about myself. I I am a natural leader. I am a natural influencer, but I also needed to learn skill sets. I learned time management. I learned prioritization. Um, and it's when I first started competing. So I've tried to look at every space in life and say, what was intended for me to learn? How can I utilize this to add to who I am today? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's a, that's a perspective we all need to take and be able to look back and go, okay, yeah. what was the lesson that I learned there? The harder part is, is, as you know, I mean, getting to the point where when we're in the midst of whatever it looks like, when we're in the midst of a pandemic just shifted my whole business model and now I got to figure the hard part is to be in the moment and go okay what is yeah. the lesson I'm learning now right and, that's and right. moving forward that's I mean right. that's the harder perspective I learned to take, a but... lot of lessons to be so young and I yeah. there were a lot of dark times in those lessons but I held on to God yeah. and I knew if I could get past the lesson I knew on the other side the yep. solutions was were all there. the good stuff that's right it always is yeah so you started yeah. competing while you were still in the Air Force Yes. So talk I about tell people competing. what we're talking about as far as competing. What does that mean here? So I am a IFBB fitness pro, fitness mm -hmm. Olympian, uh, five-time NPC state fitness champion. Although I don't compete anymore, um, I don't know if you can see the medals behind yes, me. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. They're they are hard-earned medals, and so my very first competition was May thirteenth, two thousand and one. And how it began, I met a guy at the gym. And he was like, hey, you're really fit. What do you do? And I was like, I work out. What do yeah. you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what kind of scientific, crazy answer you're looking for. But this is what I do. Yeah. I yeah. work out like you. And yep. so long story short, he's like, you've got great genetics. Um, have you ever thought about competing in a fitness competition? And I was like, what is that? Long story short, I went and did some research. I came from a cheerleading background. I was like, oh, I can kill this. Yeah. And he was like, do you want me to train you? I was like, bring it. So he literally trained me for six months. My very first fitness competition, I won the entire show, placed first place and took home the overall title. I was like, I got oh, this. Oh, you're hooked. So I was hooked and I went from one show to another, um, ended up turning pro in 2006. And I just, I am a person when I say I want something, no one's going to stop me. That's it. If, period. Gonna so I it. did very well. I've been in Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers. Um, I've been in a lot of different magazines, NBC News, Fox 40. I wanted to use that platform for the greater good. And so well, and you definitely I are. kept winning. Huh? And you definitely are. I am. I am. So that was kind of, you know, in my 20s and my early 30s, I was so focused on that. But 
life shifts, my priorities shifts. And um, I actually experienced domestic violence about eight months before the Olympia. So I've been through a lot of different things mm -hmm. to only be 42. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. And I don't want to, obviously don't want to dive too much into that if that's not something you want to touch, but um, you can you know, go there. Well, go I'm there. saying, so same thing. I mean, looking back, that's not something I obviously wish on anybody and, and, and always yes. hate to hear that. Um, knowing, at least knowing what I know from you right now, I'm feeling that I can't imagine you didn't take that experience and, and bring some, some positivity out of that as well. Right. And, and learn yeah. some things from that and then go forward to, to continue, not just help yourself, but helping other people. Yeah. It was very interesting. I, and if you go back to the story that I told you, there were two sides to me growing up. There was that young girl right. who was um, missing a father was absent, but then there was the other side of me that was very sure of herself. Mm -hmm. The young girl never healed the wounds of a broken father. And as I began to date, I, I, I needed to be loved Matt so badly that I was willing to accept any love. Yeah. And I ended up marrying a man who was very insecure himself and very wounded as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, in a jealous rage one night, he tried to kill me mm. and I made it out. And I knew in that moment, despite all of the external successes, I had a lot of brokenness inside. And so I, I was willing to do the work. I was like, I know that I need to understand myself in order for me to move forward in life. So I stopped competing. I stopped doing a lot of stuff to allow God to really go inside of me and to heal those deep, dark wounds. And so um, now I speak on domestic violence. I use my platform as an Olympian to speak on social issues like domestic violence, yeah. um, a lot of issues that happen with girls and women. So I, I knew that something good would come out of it once I got through the pain. And so what did that, you know? what did that part look like? What did, what was the practicality of getting through the pain? You experienced that, you got out of there and you knew, like you said, you had some healing to do. You had things that mm -hmm. you needed to do to, to move forward. What did that look like for you? What were you, what were you actually doing to propel yourself to go forward? Right. I will tell you, depending on when you asked me that, yeah. I would give you a different answer. Immediately after I left my ex-husband, I went to live with family. And for about maybe one to two months, I had never experienced depression. Um, I was in a dark place. I, I felt shame. I felt guilt. I felt dirty. I was like, how did I end up in this situation? I'm talented. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm a professional athlete. But that goes back to, I think there's always a, there's a dual narrative in so many of us. Mm. We have the narrative of who we think we are, and then we have the narrative of who we really are. Mm. And so I had to peel apart the, hey, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're talented. And then the little girl had to show up and say, hey, you are broken. Mm -hmm. You have anxiety, you have codependency, you have rejection issues, you have perfectionistic issues. I had to first get real with myself yep. and really identify who I truly was. And that was really the first step to my healing, to be able to look in the mirror and say, hey, girl, you do not know how to love yourself. Mm -hmm. You hide behind your medals. You hide behind yeah. your education. You hide behind that fit body. I had to step away from all of that and just see myself for myself. Yeah, I mean, it was the ultimate self-awareness because, you know, what you're saying is you didn't see yourself for, for what you really were. It doesn't mean that you weren't beautiful and intelligent. And it doesn't mean those things were not true because those yeah. things were still true. 
Yeah. It just meant you weren't addressing the whole pie. You were just looking at yeah. 50% of the scenario and just yeah. kind of just, I'm going to focus here without focusing on this other 50% that still needs some yes. work. That's yes. all it was. And I, I love how you just presented that because here, here is the, the constant war within do I have to choose between being smart, beautiful, right. talented? As you just stated, all of those things were true, but I was so focused on those things that I wasn't really paying attention to what was underneath what was driving yep. those things. Yep, yep, that's exactly And so I can remember being in Oxygen Magazine, um, having like a four page spread. And the only thing I could see was why did they use that picture? That's not a perfect picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people land in Oxygen mm -hmm. Magazine, right? Yep, right? But I was trying to overcompensate for my pain through my works. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Which just skews your perspective instead of the perspective of like, man, what an opportunity, what a, what a gift to get out here. This is amazing. So thankful for this. You, you lose out on that gratitude of what's going on because, yeah. because of that, that foundational pain that's still there. Yeah. I, mm. I lost out, you know, it's funny now at 42, mm -hmm. I love being able to, the other night I have a, a folder about this thick with just training certificates. Um, I am an avid learner. Mm -hmm. I am a constant, I, my mind is very sharp. Yeah. And I sat back and I looked at all of my certifications and I've got letters of recommendations from, you know, brigadier generals and all of these different people in different spaces I've been. And what saddened me is that I never slowed down yeah. to just appreciate myself for myself. It was always about the accomplishment. And so the other night I sat down and I said, Letitia, I am so proud of you, not because of all of this, but just because of the woman you have become. There you go. And when, you know, and that's a beautiful space to get because there's, here's the reality of it. if God decides today is the last day, you can be at peace and go, man, I, I, yeah. I, I did it right. Yes. You know, there's the yeah. peace. That, that's when the peace actually comes. Everything else is gravy because you go, man, I have, I have fought this battle well. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah. and I told my to husband be. the other night, I said, it's well with my soul. Yep. Wherever God were to lead me today, I can look back and I know my mom really gets bothered when I say this, but I tell her often, I am going to have so many people at my funeral, there's going to be nowhere to sit. And she's like, stop talking about your funeral. I'm like, no, don't focus on a funeral. Hear what I am saying. Yeah. If you live a life where you have impacted so many lives, when you die, that's going to be a testament of how you live. That's it. That's it. Because there's your le that's the legacy. That's legacy. And that's what's important to me. How many lives did I change through my pain? Yep. How many lives did I change by being brave enough to share my inadequacies, my fears, my setbacks? At the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter. Whose life did you change and who did you leave to God? Hmm. Everything else, these medals one day, uh, our kids will see them and say, hey, my mom did a great job, yep. but it's not the medals. It's what was behind the medals. What drove the medals That's it. is what matters to me. That's exactly it. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So yeah. what is... What does life look like right now? What does the what does the family look like? What does business look like for you? And you're using, you know, you're using these stories to go impact people. What does that look like from a practicality standpoint? What does the day to day yeah. look like for Action Jackson? I, I love it. So I just got married four months ago. Congratulations. Um, and thank you. I have the most amazing, gentle, kind, loving husband. You know, when you come from a background of abuse, mm -hmm. 
and a lot of, of, of gosh, just bad things. I appreciate just the simple things with him. I, I know it's God, right? Like just being able to have someone that speaks life over me because I haven't always had that. I was in a lot of bad, abusive relationships because I didn't love myself at that point. Um, so four months ago, I got married and moved to a new city. So, and then coronavirus happened. So there's been a lot of shifts mm -hmm. and I've had to step back and really pray and say, God, in this time right now, where do I pivot? Where do you want me? Um, in that space, I've created a lot of online classes, yeah. um, a lot of online programs. So I'm shifting right now. And I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know where God is leading me. I'm mm -hmm. kind of paused. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where right now do I do I provide what's needed? I think right now we need resilience. We need people who are speaking about getting past where we're at. So mm -hmm. many of us are stuck. Yep. Yep. And so for me, it's about I'm doing a lot more podcasts, leading people to the workshops, leading them to the online presentations. Um, I just did a keynote speaking for American Heart Association mm -hmm. two days ago. So it's just a I'm kind of right now doing this. Like, yeah. which way do I go? Do I go here? Do I go here? And I'm not anxious about it because God's going to lead me where I need to go. Good for you. No, I love that. And I sometimes we're in panic mode. Sometimes we're. I feel like we get into this place of just trying everything where sometimes the power is in stillness and getting clarity of where God wants you. That's right. It was the, and it's the, you said the, the key word, man, it's the, it's panic. And I think people are, I have found people live in panic more often than not. People live in fear more often than not. And that has nothing to do with coronavirus or anything in 2020 altogether. I think this is, um, you know, far, far before this. I think that is uh, that is a real virus that is plaguing our culture in particular. And some of it may say, I mean, we can we can psychoanalyze it all day, whether some of it comes from parenting, some of it comes from schooling, some of it comes from this lack of connectivity because we feel like we're connected on social media, but we're not really connected through that. So whatever it is, from a cultural standpoint, I think we have produced a lot of people that are living in fear and they are panicking. And then, you know, all of this going on in 2020 is now just exacerbating it. And so I think you're right. Yes. I think it's those that can get back to a sense of calmness, can remove the emotion from it and try to bring objectivity which is, you know, the the ability to remove that emotion is really what what allows us to be resilient. Those of us that can do that are going to be the ones that lead people out of this into a better space. Yeah. You know, I I'll be honest with you, Matt. I believe and I've been sharing this with my husband I don't believe that this virus is just a coincidence. You know, a lot of people say, well, if God is good, why is he doing this? I don't believe God is doing this. I believe that God allows things to happen. And I believe right now what a lot of people are forced, and I'm, I'm intentionally using the word forced, mm -hmm. we have been forced to regroup, reassess, and reevaluate our lives. Yep. Yep. I, I, and could not agree more. I mean, think about it. So many people um, before coronavirus happened, very seldom spent time with their family, mm -hmm. very seldom spent time praying, very seldom spent time self-reflecting. We live in a culture where we are so focused on outcomes and mm -hmm. key matrix. And, you know, we're constantly, this is us, this mm -hmm. is us, but we never pause. Yep. 
And so now people can't travel. People cannot go and drive and spend an hour in traffic. Mm -hmm. God is forcing us to see ourselves. Well, that's it. We're, we're being put into this scenario that's not unlike what we were talking about earlier, where we have been focused on the other 50% of this is where we're going and this is what's going on without really getting to that root, that self-awareness yeah. of, man, I still got all this other stuff, this other baggage that I got to take care that's of. Right. And so now that's we're kind right. of being forced to take a look at the, the full picture. Picture, you know, right. and, and and I couldn't agree more with everything on, on the, you know, on the virus side. It's like, hey, look, now we got to focus on public health. And you know what? Th this is a self-awareness piece of you should be focused on that all the time. All the time. That, that That's figuring right. out personal health shouldn't be a crisis thing. It should be an everyday thing. Yes. Figuring out my relationship shouldn't be a, 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 oh my gosh, now things are weird and I've got to adapt thing. It should be an everyday thing. That's right. You know, That's it gets right. back to the reality of what we, you know, who we are as human beings and what are those basic things that we need to be taking care of day in, day out so that when That's something right. does happen, we're okay. Yeah. You know. I find that we live in a culture that is more reactionary versus preventive. Bingo. And so, you know, I, I've worked in the healthcare Bingo. system and in the health field for a very long time. And I can remember when I was working as a public health officer for the Navy, mm -hmm. my solution to them all the time was, why are we waiting for people to come to us with diseases? What are we doing to prevent them? 80% of chronic illness or 80% of chronic illnesses are lifestyle related. So we, why are we waiting till we get the diagnosis right. versus doing what we need to do before? Right. I, I don't work out because I need to stay um, competition ready. I work out because I need to stay life ready. Life ready. Bingo. Life ready. That's exactly you know, and it. I think if we shift our perspectives of our why, yep. why are we doing what we doing? And I used to tell my patients when they would say, well, I'm not changing my lifestyle behaviors. And I'm like, I respect you, but this has nothing to do with me. You're not doing me a favor by taking care of your health. Mm -hmm. We're not doing the world a favor by investing in our relationship and investing in things that we should. I think we have a sense of entitlement in the world we live in. Mm. And so I, I think right now we're having to confront ourselves. And I will be honest with you, many of us don't want to do the internal work. That's right. We rather stay busy. We rather make excuses. We don't have that many excuses right now. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's making it very, very clear who wants to hold on to those excuses, right? Because yes. then they are happy to be a victim. And if you do not allow them to be the victim, well, then there's something wrong with you. You know, and that's yes. that is a dangerous spot to be. The entitlement piece of that is is humongous. I actually just came down, uh, or just just came up here into the into the studio. I was down meeting with one of our uh, one of our students, one of our high school students down here, and um, you know, I was so proud of him. He's sitting there walking through. He says, "I realized I got frustrated with myself because I messed up on this." But he's like, "I realized that I was just feeling entitled. I was feeling entitled wow. to never." failing and then I failed at something and I got mad at the rest of the world like it was their fault. He said, I need to wow. go back and own that. And I'm like, that's, if we can get people to that point where they understand, yeah, I mean, that just, that changes everything. When you realize you are personally responsible, that's right. it changes that's right. everything. That's change right. Every, change your yeah, whole life. I just had, I just had this conversation with my husband yesterday. He and I talk a lot about yeah. a lot. And um, I, I mentioned that oftentimes when I meet people, they're like, oh, I bet all you do is work out. You don't, you know, I, and they say, well, I don't have time. I'm like, look, don't dump your onus on me. 
And I think that that's what we do. Well, I would work out, but I don't have time. And it's like, no, I have 24 hours. You have 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We must step back, whether it's our finances, whether it's our spiritual life, whether it's our relationship. And we must say, hey, where am I investing my time? That's it. How am I investing my time? And am I really showing up the way that I need to show up? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. That's exactly right. I love that when people say, oh man, I just don't have the time for this. I'm like, man, it, it has nothing to do with that. It's the prioritization of your time. It is the That's intentionality right. when you are in that time. That's it. That's right. Because everybody's right. got the same amount. And when I can tell you I've got, you know, a health relationship with my wife and I have three kids that I see every day and spend quality time with all four of them every single That's day. Right. And I run multiple businesses and we've got the podcast and we've got it has nothing to do with I'm cooler, I'm more special. No, I just prioritize my time and I'm very intentional right. about using the time that's the right. way it needs to be used. Period. That's and right. that's the that's secret. But that's why people don't People don't want that. People don't want to yeah. have to be accountable to themselves That's for it. that. And so That's it's it. much easier to say, ah, and make an excuse. Well, you must have more time that, or you had a better opportunity or you got lucky. Yeah. Again, it's getting yeah. back to that. I'm entitled to this and I can play the victim role. And, and you know, ultimately I don't want to take responsibility. That's, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we have to also um, be honest with ourselves mm. that if you don't want to show up for you, then just say, I don't want to do it. That's it. it. I, I, I'm okay with that. If you don't want to do anything, you get to say, I just don't want to. That's right. But when you say you can't and you haven't put in the effort, then you're going to spend the rest of your life. To me, if I make excuses for myself, I have to stop. And I have to say, hey, girl, no, 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 no. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Like, get out of your feelings and step into your facts. Mm -hmm. That's it. You have not accomplished this because you have chosen not to. Are there barriers to you getting to where you want to go? Yes, but identify them. Mm -hmm. Like I have a problem with asking for help. Mm -hmm. I have a huge problem and I realize where I'm at with my business. I am a one woman team. Yep. I get all of my bookings. I do everything. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. Imagine how much further you would be if you asked and created a team. Yep. And I've had to get yep. honest with myself. I'm like, I don't trust people. Well, why don't you trust people? Because you are a controller. Well, why do you feel like you have to control everything? Yeah. Because I lost control when I was younger. Right. Well, you're not younger anymore. You're 42 <laughs> years old. Get out of your feelings and get into your facts. And get into the facts. I love that. And get out of the feelings are liars. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah, they, they really are. can. They can be liars, right? Because I don't feel yes. like, you know, you know, when the alarm goes off, I don't feel like getting out of bed. I don't feel like going to work out. That's right. I'm always excited afterwards. Afterwards, I'm always yes. like, bam, I love the fact that I, I already did that. I love the fact that it's seven o'clock right now and, you know, I've already accomplished more today than so many people will the entire day. I love Absolutely. that. Right. But Absolutely. the feelings at that time, liars. They're like, no, this is comfortable. Stay right yeah. here. I know when I was competing, I loved the, the, the rigors of going to school full-time, working full-time, yeah. competing. And I was writing my first book during that time, too. And I mean, I had the time down to every second. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, how do you do it? I thrived. I loved getting up with an expectation for the next day, knowing that every action step was leading to an outcome. Right. And I, I think a lot of people need to reevaluate their life right now 
and create goals that make them want to get out of bed instead of have to get out of bed. That's so true, man. Take a, Create a life that you don't need a vacation from, right? We had Seth Godin on uh, not too long ago, and that's one of the things that he said a long, long time ago that I that I remember to this day. Like, you know, if you're so, if you just you can't stand your life so much that you consistently are like, man, I need a vacation. I need a vacation. Need a mm. vacation. You need to do something with your life. Um, yeah. Because you're missing. Yeah. You're missing the boat. You know. We were all created with a divine purpose, and I, I think what's sad is that so many of us are going to other people mm-hmm. to get permission to be yep. who God created us to be. Yep. I don't need your permission to be me. Yep. What I need is the courage and the boldness and the tenacity to go after and pursue what I believe in the depths of man. my soul that I was called to. That's it. Even worse, man. I think so many people go in and they ask permission from other people to be what those other people want them to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I need permission from you to live my life the way you think I should live my life. Uh, it's crazy. It's so bad. It is. So I do an exercise. I, um, I do a lot of coaching and presentations to young girls around the age of 13 and 17. And one of the exercises I do with them, I have them turn their thumbs over and look at them and they, they look at me like, what is this woman doing? And so I'll have them, I'll say, okay, turn your thumbs over. I'm gonna do an exercise with you. And they're sitting there looking at their thumbs. They're like, you know, at that age, they're kind of like, what is this about? Right. And I said, if you were to rob a store or if you were to go somewhere and do something you're not supposed to, if you leave your thumbprints, they're going to find you. And they're like, I'm not going to rob a store. I said, wait for it. I said, God thought so much of you that you are the only one with those thumbprints. Do you understand how individual you are? And then they kind of stare at you like... Because the point is, yep. there's nobody else like you. Yep. We live in a society where we are crammed from the time we're little to be the same, mm-hmm. to be like someone else. And it's such a tragedy that we don't realize God loved us individually enough to make us only us. There's one me. There's one Matt. Yep. The power behind that is if you can understand why you were created, you were created individually for you to create the gifts that the God gave you something that no one else can replicate inside of you. Your thumbprints belong to you. Yep. You are unique. Yep. That's it. And but you- we squelch ourselves trying to be like someone else. I don't want to be someone else. I am no one else but me. You, like you just described, down to the physicality, you can't be someone no. else. You just can't. No. And so when you no. try, you just you inherently set yourself up for this lifelong battle of failure. It's a game you cannot win. It's misery. You can't and win. you think about why people are jealous of other people who are succeeding because they feel as if, well, that should be me. No, that lane is not the lane that God called you to. You have your own lane and in your lane, you are enough and you are equipped with what you need to fulfill what you were created to do. That's it. You lack nothing because it's within you. That's it. You just described, you literally just described our campuses. I mean, you described the inherent belief we have. You cannot be here at Acton Academy if that is not your belief. And that goes from from the parents and, and the guides all the way down to the students. That's it. We talk about the hero's journey and the fact that you are a genius. And we just got to figure yes. out what that specific genius looks like yes. because that specific yes. genius is what's going to allow you to change the world in some way, shape, or form. That's, That's it. Right. So we're just trying to That's uncover right. that. And the standardization of anything is inherently ridiculous because 
we're not robots. We're not manufactured no. products. No. We, you know, it's that individuality and that's what we need to uncover. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Could yeah, I and I think about, um, I can remember so many times growing up, I would hear people say to me, you are, you're too much, right? Like you are too energetic. You ask too many <laughs> questions. And now when I work with the youth, um, I have an academy called Empower Her Teen Academy. And I talk to the moms and I really emphasize to the mothers, when you speak over your daughter or speak to her, your words are framing how she sees herself. That's right. That's right. It's becoming her inner voice. It will become a guide. Yep. If you tell her she's, she'd be beautiful if she lost weight, she's going to spend the rest of her life attempting to measure her worth by her pounds. Mm -hmm. If you tell her if she were this way, she'd be this. You are giving her conditions. Why don't you nourish who she is mm -hmm. and give her the space and give her the support to become what God created her to become. It is unveiling. It is a process. That's it. Who she is at 17 is not who she's going to be at 19, but what you say to her right now will create a framework of what she'll stand on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And people, and again, it's a, um, it, there's more intentionality that, that goes into that kind of parenting, right? And you have to get yeah. out of the, I'm going to parent you this way because culture tells me this because I'll prove I'm a good mom uh, to, to this lady down the street um, by parenting this particular way because that's how she wants me to parent. That's how she, right. you know, theoretically parent. You got to get out of that. You know, and it's it's a much more intentional sort of thing, which, again, is why less and less people are are doing that. But it's to the detriment of everybody, man. I could not agree more. Yeah. Could not agree more. I have two older sisters. And what I love growing up, um, I always have been the active one. I've always I mean, from the time I was little, I used to want to be a veterinarian. I would go outside and catch grasshoppers and take care of wounded animals. I always had something in me that I wanted to nourish people. Yeah. Um, and my mom, I can remember gosh, I could be about seven or eight. I love grasshoppers. So she would always wash out jars for me and punch holes in top of the cans yeah. and just like give me jars. She nourished the things that I was naturally drawn to. I have an older sister who's a bookworm. She's quiet. And then I have another sister who's just like in her own world. My mother never said to me, be like your sister. And mm -hmm. she never collided us together to say, be like one another. You know, when I was outside running around and my sisters was like, she's been out there all day. Is she tired yet? My mom's like, she'll wear herself out. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's beautiful, though. That's great. Because, I mean, that's you hear this all the time, too, where people are like, oh, man, I can't believe you've got these. These are the siblings. And, and how did this happen? You all came from the same parents. Well, yeah, but you're all still different people. And, that's right. And, that's right. you know, e equality and fairness um, aren't necessarily the same thing, too. I don't. I parent fairly, but I don't parent equally because they all need mm -hmm. something different. I love that. They all need I something different from me and they need it at different times too. I mean, there's yes. sometimes they need more attention. Sometimes they need less. Sometimes I need to focus on, on helping one through some things and not the other. And then the next day it might change. Um, yeah. you know, and they're all at different life stages and those, I mean, so it's a consistent evolution of, right. of a relationship. So if it's going to look different. It needs to look different. They are different human beings. That's right. And I think if we could take that concept, even with ourselves as individuals, I know for me, I've seen myself metamorphosis and it's been yeah. so beautiful in my twenties. 
I was this athlete who all I wanted to do was train people. I trained other athletes. Um, and then in my 30s, I was becoming this woman who said, hey, I know that there's so much more for me in this world. And I have I have this strong voice. I have this desire to stand up for people. And then in my 40s, I'm like, look, I don't like this. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. My answer's no. Mm -hmm. As we evolve, we have to give ourselves permission to say, I don't desire that anymore. That's right. And it's okay. Not not just okay, it's needed, right? We had a yes. so we had a gentleman on by the name of Ryan Mickler uh, a little while back, and one of the things that I remember he said, and I'll paraphrase it, but it's essentially like, you know, it, people that maybe he hasn't seen in a while, hasn't talked to in a while, and it's been a few years, been five, ten years, maybe somebody you grew up with that goes, man, you know, you you've changed, and he's like, well, of course. <laughs> Yes. I, I hope so, because if yes. I'm the same at 40 as I was at 30, well, I just something's wrong. Something's wrong. I just missed 10 years. Right. Yeah. You can't live yeah. the same day for 10 That's years right. and call it a life. Yeah. And change is a necessity. Even if we go from a biological standpoint, sure. on top of your nerves, you have what's called a myelin sheath. Right. And so research has showed us. When we stop learning, that myelin sheath with actually helps with neurotransmission yep. deteriorates. That's right. We were created to continuously grow, to evolve. That's right. It's a continuous And, and I will yep. be honest, I get bored having conversations with certain people because when I do, it's the same conversation. Yep. And I'm yep. like, we're having the same conversation because your experiences have not changed. Because you're stuck right there. That's it. Tragedy. That's it's it. Tragedy. It is a tragedy. tragedy. And I can, I mean, I, I, man, I can think of, uh, I can think of a few people and that's, that's really, it's so funny that you say that because my wife and I had a very similar discussion not too long ago about somebody in particular or like, you know, at this point, it's not even, not even exciting to continue to connect with this person because it is, it's the same. It's the same. They say the same yeah. things. They look at the same, like, that's it. You can't have a conversation about anything else because they just literally haven't paid attention to anything else in life other than what it's looked wow. like for the last 10, 15 years. And that's just a sad, it's, it's sad. It makes me sad yeah. for that person. You know? Yeah. And you know, one thing that I would say too, change, um, is inevitable, yep. but evolution is a choice. That's it. Like things will change with or without you. That's right? right. But as change goes on, yeah. you only evolve because you choose that's to. That's right. That's exactly right. And Total if, difference. That's exactly you know? right. And if you don't choose to evolve and change happens anyways... That's a dangerous spot to be. We see that in business all the time, you know, yeah. uh, companies that go, hey, man, this has worked for us forever, but now all of a sudden we've got a different climate. I mean, that's why I, I would work with, you know, all the companies that, that I worked with. I mean, they're bringing me in because they're going, hey, look, we've been doing business this way, but things are changing and we're not, this isn't working. This isn't working anymore right. and we're afraid. So what do right. we, what do we need to do to make the changes? What are the changes we need to actively pursue so that we can keep up and be ready to adapt? And that's, that's right. never been more relevant right. than it has, you know, than it is now in 2020. Yeah. I mean, the, the ad, the, the ability I mean, to adapt. If is, you look at the digital space, mm -hmm, I, I think every day is changing. Yep. You look at digital health, yep. you look at everything, even now you yep. and I are on a phone yep. that's allowing us to connect because we can't be in person. That's right. And if we don't know how to use the software, we don't know how to market it. Yep. You are getting left behind there. Yep. There's no choice but to grow. That's it. And if you are okay with not moving forward, then you will stay exactly where you're at. And that's, that is, and it's, that's never been more dangerous. Yeah. And, but I, I, I tell my husband all the time, we choose. Yep. At the end of the day, we choose. Yep. 
And so if I am where I'm at today, next August, yeah. it's because I chose to yeah, That's be. exactly right. That's exactly right. Period. Yep. I truly believe that. Yep. And some people really don't like how direct I am, yep. how, well, you make everything seem easy. No, I've been through a lot of dark spaces mm -hmm. and I had to choose every single day to get up and to face that, that darkness. There were times I wanted to run yep. from it. Yep. You know, learning to love yourself and to heal from the inside. I, I'm gonna tell you, I moved seven times in seven years after my divorce at 28. Mm -hmm. I thought by moving to another state or I always thought to myself, it was about geography. Mm -hmm. If I'm in this space here, if I move to Florida, back to Florida, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be better. Mm -hmm. If I move to California, I'm gonna be better. Mm -hmm. If I move to Seattle, I was moving everywhere. Yeah. And in essence, what I was doing was running from standing still and looking myself in the face and saying, you have fears, you have anxiety, you have things from your past that you have not confronted. Mm -hmm. Stand still and face them head on. That's it. And if you don't, you're going to be running forever. I was so tired of running from myself. Yeah. Everywhere I went, I was right there. The same belief systems, the same barriers, the same thoughts. I couldn't get out of it. And I had to stand still and say, you know what? You are going to confront yourself. And if you don't change, it's because you chose not to. That's right. What are you going to do? It's that grass is greener mentality. And we like to change the external to think that there's different grass over there when the entire time you could have made inside. The, it's inside, man. We choose to change the external rather than change the internal yes. because literally yeah. your life changes as soon as you decide it does. I mean, yeah. it's people, and that sounds simplistic, but it literally is. No, that doesn't change. Yeah. Your decision didn't just change the external, but what your decision changed was how you look at or how you attack the yeah. external. That's it. Yeah. It's literally that decision. And, and you know, it's, it's uh, again, people want to overcomplicate almost anything, but I think complex action is able to take place when you make the internal part super, super simple. And it literally is that yes. simple. You make that decision. Yes. Who? So who do you kind of look at right now as somebody that kind of keeps you motivated, keeps you inspired? Is there anybody, obviously your husband is, is gonna be a big part of that, but is there anybody that you, you know, maybe that you don't even know personally, but is there anybody that you watch, kind of keep an eye on, anybody mm -hmm. that kind of, kind of fires you up? Um, I, I will be honest with you, no. I, I will tell you last year who I was totally, totally enamored with, and I, I, I use the word enamored, was Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, as a woman of color, you have to understand, I have been in so many different spaces where I have been the only woman that looks like me. And so to be in a space in the world where I see this black woman who is articulate, who is educated, who is kind, who is, She's all the things that the media doesn't show a black woman to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, for the first time, I'm like, I've been out here on the pavement working hard. And, and sometimes you feel unseen as an mm -hmm. African-American woman. Mm -hmm. But to have an a African-American woman in front of the entire world doing a lot of the things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm shouting, saying, see, I tell you, we're not we're not bad. We're not angry. We're not. She was a, a, a image of what so many black women do on a daily basis, but the world doesn't see. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and for me, I would love to watch her speak. And she was just humble. You know, she, yes, was the first lady of the United States, but she related. She reminded me a lot of myself. She Absolutely. had a human 
ability just yep. to connect. Yep. And so for me, in the last couple of years, I would say it's been her. I will also tell you the other night, I ran into a documentary on Gloria Aldred, and she is a attorney yep. who's been a women's right attorney for years. I was enamored by her. This yeah. woman, about 5'2", a little petite. I don't know if she was like maybe in the early 90s when she started law, but she's in your face. And she's been in your face for like, the lady's 72. And she began to speak up for women's rights when it wasn't a thing. And yeah. she was in people's faces and she's still in people's faces. And I'm like, there is so much power when you stand on who you are, yeah. when you stand on what you truly believe in, despite what people think. And so those two women for me, they kind of gave me this eye opening, like, yes, what you're doing action, girl, mm -hmm. you are doing amazing. Yeah. And you have women in their 60s and 70s who are leading the path and you can walk whatever path you want. That's right. You know, yeah. and so I teach the young girls that I mentor, it doesn't matter your color. Are there barriers to being a black woman? Absolutely. Yeah. Are, am I gonna allow them to stop me? Absolutely not. That's right. Have they attempted to stop me? Absolutely. Yep. And you know what I did? I got smarter, I got faster, I got more dedicated to the cause. Don't let barriers stop you. Let them be a reason why you get up earlier. That's let right. them be a reason why you study more. Let them be a reason why you get healthier because you have more to endure. Mm. Let them be the fire that keeps you going. Mm. So good, man. We are, are there. I love that because that again gets back to that entitlement mentality. We are not, and this is a human thing. None of us are entitled to a no. life without barriers. No, no, it's We're impossible. It's impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible. And I will be honest with you for a while. I don't know if I was too naive and it was the way I was raised. But when I ran into a lot of barriers um, going through the process of becoming myself, and a lot of them were based on my race, I was shocked. Yeah. I grew up in a household where my best friends were blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. I was never taught to hate. Yeah. And then when I started running into these barriers, yeah. um, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is not this is not what I was taught. Yeah. And so sometimes I go back to my mom, and I'm like, hey, mom you never really had this talk with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I realized, my husband and I were talking yesterday, we want to raise our kids around diversity. We want our kids to have Asian friends, Latina, Caucasian. Like We need our children to be around every race so when they get into the real world, yeah. they're not shocked to say, oh, I didn't know all these cultures were right, here. Right. They don't need to be just around African-American people. Right. They need to be exposed to the world as it is today. We are a melting pot. That's it. And thankfully, I think the the younger generations are going to get more and more of that part of it through because of, of the technology, part of it because of our ability That's to right. connect with people in other places now. We can That's do right. so more easily, right? So it's becomes, I think we see that more and more where we just see, you know, uh, uh, the the humanity in each other. I think that, I think they're going to yes. have a better opportunity to do that. I remember one of the, um, one of my favorite stories that I tell a lot of times on on the stage, um, speaking about the younger generation and the way that, that they're able to view things is I remember uh, a few years back we had, um, we, I was at home at home with my kids and I just had my two girls at the time. So my girls right now are nine and seven and my little boy's four. Um, so oh. at the time, um, my boy wasn't 
born. So I think my girls are about five and like five and three, right? And so we're home and we're hanging out and we had Pandora uh, playing on the TV, you know, and just station. So I was listening to, it was a new edition was the station I had it on, right? And uh-huh. so, and you're familiar with the with with the group, right? And so you got yeah. you got a yeah. picture of all 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 the guys up there, and one of my daughters walks up, and she's like, "Oh, look, Daddy, you're on TV again!" And she's pointing to Ralph T, right? She's pointing to Ralph Tresvant, right? And and you know, obviously, I don't think I look like Ralph, anyways. We're obviously. You know, we obviously are not twins, right? It is, but yeah. she was just like, "Look, yeah. oh, Daddy, I think that's you on TV again." And then my oh, other daughter, my right? And my other daughter walks up and she's like, "No, that's not Daddy. I can tell because oh, Daddy doesn't wow. have that shirt." It was that. It was I was dressed different. It's not uh, that, right? And so I was like, so "Man, beautiful. I love it. It was great." You know, and they don't. It's so, so it's beautiful. not even a. It's just not it's even so a, beautiful. Not even a thing. Yeah, and you know, I, I, so I really pray that that genuineness and that authenticity, yeah, that things. innocence. I miss that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't realize I was a black woman until I went into the military. I, I just saw myself as a woman. Right. You know, right. I, I just saw myself. I was so gosh naive yeah. or yeah. maybe I just wanted to see people for people. Like I, I don't believe it when people say we don't see color. Yeah. Color is beautiful. Sure. Absolutely. It's it's what you do to hate because of the color. That's it. That's it. It's not and that you I, I think Yeah, it's not you have to be unaware. I mean, that's it. Like you're a black woman. I'm a white guy. This is a white woman next to me over here. There are yes. it's the same thing as saying this person's tall. This person short. Yes. You recognize that it's there, yes. and then yes. at the same point, you're like, uh, but at the root of it all, that's another human being. That's it. Here we go. That's it. That's it. It's I that. have to tell you this story. I was at the pool about three years ago. Um, Sundays after church, that was my my moment. I would go out, read a book, and I can remember this particular Sunday. I'm reading a book, and I'm laid back, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and I kind of look over because I'm like, who's tapping me? And it was this little boy. And he was like, hi. And I was like, hey, little person. <laughs> and he says to me, he was like, hey, you want to know something? And I was like, absolutely. Yes, I do, right? yeah. He's excited. I'm excited. <laughs> he was like, I am the fastest kid in my class. And the little guy takes off. And I'm like, hey, slow down. I mean, we're at the pool, right? Yes. And so his mom's on the other side of the pool and she's like, so-and-so stop running. So he ends up running and he gets into the pool. I say, yay, great job. I go back to reading my book, no joke. About five minutes later, I get a tap on my shoulder again. I look back and it's him. I fold my book and I put it down. I said, do you want me to play with you? He's like, yeah, will you? And so I asked his mom, I said, can I get in the pool with him? She's like, he's not going to leave you alone. Yes. So we're in the pool, his little hands here, my hands here, and I'm making like an S with him in the water. He stops out of nowhere and he does this. Then he looks at me. He says, you're brown. I said, I am. Uh His little pale hands saw my color. Yeah. And he says, hey, you want to go back down to the other side of the pool? He recognized that our color was different, but it didn't matter. It didn't change a thing. It didn't change it. That's it. I learned the biggest lesson that day. Yeah. Kids do not grow into this world, come into this world hating. We as adults teach hate. Teach it. We instill it. It is not. We instill it. It is not the default state of a human no. being. No, hate is taught. 
Yes. And I, I, I took away that day. It really bothers me when people say, well, I don't see color. That's not true. He couldn't have been no more than five. Yeah. He saw my color. Yes. And it's okay. That is it. It's, it's okay for us to say, yes, I see color. Red is my favorite color. But what, what if I hated people that wore blue? Right. Right? Right. So I, I think during this time, as we evolve as a country, as we evolve as individuals, really step back and, and challenge your own bias. Man. Take time to ask yourself, how do I show up in the meeting when I see people that don't look like me? Yeah. How do I show up when I go into a room even with myself, do I have a bias against people who are not as fit as I? Right. Do I have a bias as people who don't maybe drive a BMW like me? Right. Like whatever you what find yourself yep. being superior to, yep. take that time to really ask yourself, what is this really all about? That's right. That's right. That's so good, man. It's that unconscious bias. And again, we do that. Yes. We do that with so much more than just race. We yes, just we do. do. I had I had to come to to terms at one point in my twenties with wait a second. I literally I, I literally stopped dating a girl because she was five foot ten, five foot eleven, and I'm five nine. Wow. I'm five nine. Right? So it was That's like right. I had this bite. So right. and, and now my wife's That's five right. two, man. And just, so That's right. I obviously didn't That's get past right. it. No, I'm just kidding. But it's That's right. But it's the it's that same it's that same stuff. It's that same stuff. Yeah. I was I spoke for mm, Gosh, well, it was uh, Sandia National Labs. Uh, they're in, mm -hmm. in Livermore, uh, California. And it was a subsidiary. So I, I spoke for kind of this whole group. It was Lockheed Martin, um, Honeywell, uh, National Security Center, and Sandia National Labs. And it was kind of these divisions that all worked together. And I, uh, I remember speaking at, at Sandia, and they had, we had, they had two speakers that day. They had the opening, uh, opening speaker, and then I was closing out their event. The... Uh, the opening speaker, I wish I could remember his name. I will have to look him up. He's a professor at Michigan State, uh, absolutely brilliant human being. Um, he was phenomenal. And I, I've gotten to see a lot of speakers, you know, doing doing as many keynotes. And, and some are, are, are obviously better than others. And, you know, some topics right. are better than others. But his topic was on unconscious bias and how that actually plays mm -hmm. out. And he went into the psychology of it. And it was amazing. But I'll never forget the way he started out. So he's a... Uh, I want to say he's China. I want to say he's Chinese American. I believe so he's ra he was raised in L.A. So here's the spoiler, right? He's raised in L.A. So I mean, he grew up in L.A. his whole life. But so nobody knows that coming in. So he walks out on the stage and he goes, "How you do? My name." And he starts speaking. Wow. As if he was foreign, yes. right? As if English yes. was not yeah. his primary language. And yeah. he goes into the first five minutes of his talk. He's speaking that way and he's still, he's still, I mean, he's doing a phenomenal job and nobody's thinking anything of it. And then all of a sudden without saying anything, now all of a sudden he's talking like this and he's talking like a dude from LA and, and you see the whole crowd is just like, wow, wait a second, what's, the, what's yeah. going on I, right now? Right. And so then he addresses everybody it. and he's just like, so uh, what were you thinking when, when I started right. speaking this way? What That's was, right. what did you, I love it. like, what, what were you thinking? And people were like, oh, I thought maybe, oh man, oh shoot, this is going to be harder to pay attention to. This is going to be harder to understand. This is, wow. And he starts tapping it. into the fact that you make these judgment calls about Second. people that's just like that. Just that's like right. that. You start making that's these judgment calls. That's right. Right. And, yeah. and so often yeah. it sets you up for failure. Yeah. And we do that And one so of the things, things that I've learned to do is um, when I meet someone new, 
I, I'm a visual learner. And so what I've learned to do in my mind mm -hmm. is create a whiteboard. Yeah. Right. A clean slate. Yep. And not go in with, oh, white, Caucasian, da da da, whatever that yeah, yeah, person yeah. may be, right. and having things written on. I've, I've learned to have a whiteboard yep. and say, hey, nice to meet you. And then allow that person to write. Let them fill on it in. That That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And so it's helped me overcome. I've experienced a lot of racial trauma mm -hmm. and I've had to, even with therapy, go through. I'm triggered sometimes when I'm out. Mm -hmm. And so I have to make sure that I have that whiteboard. Yep. This individual you've never met before, right. allow them to write. So it's, it's, gosh, it takes so much courage to confront yourself. Yeah, it, it takes does. so much courage to look at yourself and be open and honest with yourself within yourself. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so, so my friend, yeah. you are an inspiring human being. Um, Thank you, you. Oh my gosh, man, it's so much, so much fun. You're one of these people that I could just sit and, I mean, I, and obviously, I, and I know you get that a lot. I mean, that's it. It's what we were talking yeah. about at the very beginning. It's just people could just yeah. sit and talk with you all day because, um, you know, and again, it's not just the energy that you bring. It is that natural God-given DNA of of humanity it's it's the fact that you genuinely it's very obvious that you genuinely care about people um, but people yeah. also respond to another human's ability desire to to gain that introspection you know and to to self-analyze yeah. and to continue to improve and um that is just a gift that that you know continues to give man so i'm inspired by it. so where do Thank people you. go to find out more about what you are doing if we want to if people want to hire and they need a speaker if we want like yes. where do we go to get some more Yes. So you can go to my website, which is empoweredcoaching.com. Yep. And the letter is in because everything that you need is within you. So that's empoweredcoaching.com. You can find us on Instagram at Empowered Coaching Academy, yeah. Facebook at Empowered Coaching Academy. And we're also now starting a new YouTube channel. Um, and we're also on LinkedIn. So I am right now booking and speaking virtually. Um, I am releasing and launching a women's empowerment product line next month called mm. Courageous Expressions. And I created that product line. I was talking to my nephew one day and it was probably about 10, 12 years after my domestic violence. And he said, auntie, you are so courageous. You've made it through so much. And I started to think about other women who have made it through breast cancer. Um, gosh, like me served in the military, experienced trauma. And so the product line, the tagline is women's empowerment to celebrate the courage inside of every woman. And so we have mm. t-shirts, we have posters, we have coffee mugs, we have fitness apparel. Everything on it is a statement of courage. I love it. I love and it. And so that is at Courageous Expressions and Expressions is with an X instead of an E. Um, and so find me at the website, find me at Courageous Expressions and do something today that makes you look at yourself and want yourself to become a better person. You will only change the world around you when you change the world within you. Man. Oh, that's beautiful. I was going to ask you to give us, give us a quote on the way out. And I, and I, think yeah. you're not going to be able to top it right there. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. We're going to link I, all of that stuff in the notes too. So people can go. Yeah. I that. have loved this moment with you. You're very genuine. Um, you're very real. And I pray that the world will create more people like you. And uh -huh. so, um, reckon, I recognize myself 
in you. And so I thank you for the work you're doing. Um, I can feel, I feel you as a human. And so I pray that you continue to do the work that needs to be done. Vice versa, young lady. No, it's been, it's it's, seriously, it's an absolute pleasure and whatever we can do on, on this side too, to just um, continue spreading the message that, that you're spreading too. And when all this craziness, winds down we got to get you out here to campus too and and uh have you come out here and meet our meet our kids meet our families and and come you know share some of this because you know vice versa man we need we need as much of you in in our lives as we can possibly get man so thank you for taking the time oh it's great (laughs) it's great have an empowering day and stay encouraged there you go, man. Talk about an inspiring human being. I hope you guys had as much fun uh, and took as much away from that as I did. It was one of those that uh, that definitely left me fired up too. So very impressed by what she's doing. And uh, please feel free to check out everything that she has got going on. All the links should be there in uh, in the notes. Uh, and if you want a personal connection, uh, if you're needing somebody for, uh, for work, for business, for school, whatever that looks like, please let me know. Uh, glad to make that introduction as well. But as always, thank you guys for listening. Please continue to share. Um, the audience is continuing to grow we got a lot of consistent action here and we're going to start promoting heavily uh, to get more and more sponsorships that we can bring in for these kiddos so uh, thank you guys for continuing to spread the word it's because of you guys spreading the word and all these great reviews uh, that we're able to do this and pour back into our kids so please keep that going and thank you so much for continuing to listen to the essential 11 we'll catch you next time